Welcome to another episode of Go Girl because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or AshleyCaprice.com and never miss an episode. We're all about self-love, self-care, and self-discovery. Please be sure to get your copy of my book, The Go Girl Guidebook, a woman's interactive guide to self-love is available on Amazon. This is a podcast where we focus on affirmations, motivation, girl power, and girl talk. Today's topic is very dear to my heart. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so I'm bringing in a guest to talk about the red flags and the different types of abuse. And she'll also share her personal story. We'll get into it after this. are two of the most powerful words and what you say after shapes your reality. I've been waiting for this one. Today's affirmation is I am resilient. I am resilient. Now according to the dictionary the according to the dictionary resilient means able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions. Isn't that like the definition of a woman? <laughs> you know, there's a meme that goes around like, oh, the, a woman can cry in her car on a lunch break. She could go to the bathroom and have some tears. She could go step to the side, have a difficult conversation on the phone with someone. She'll dry her tears. She'll return to work like nothing happened. Girl, you are resilient. Say it to yourself. I am resilient. You might have some things that try to break you down. But you don't let it. You're stronger than that. You're able to bounce back from any storm. And with this being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, you are resilient. If you ever got yourself out of a situation where you um, were being abused and now you are a survivor, not a victim, a survivor. You know, you got out of it. You're stronger. You're resilient. You did the work. You're doing the work to help you get back to who you are. And to this new woman that you've become, because quite frankly, you're not going to be the woman you were before that relationship. And that's quite all right. It might have taken some of your innocence, but it took the situation to make you who you are today. A stronger woman, a better woman, a more brave woman, a courageous woman, a resilient woman, right? Someone has tested you, tested your limits, pushed you to the edge sometimes but you're still standing strong. You're still here. You are resilient. And think about those things. You know, you might get triggered from certain situations or thinking about certain memories, but know that you now have the opportunity to overcome. And if you're in a domestic violence situation right now, don't know how to get out, there are so many resources out there to help you, okay? Like even this podcast right now, going to have a guest coming up to speak about some of the resources, but even when you're in this situation right now, know that there is healing on the other side. You're going to have a lot of breakdowns during your healing journey, but the breakthrough is going to be incredible. All right. You're going to just shine from the inside out, girl. You're going to glow. You're going to glow with growth. You're going to glow with elevating and leveling up. Okay. And unfortunately, it seems like I hear so many of these stories and thank you 
ladies, for sharing some of your stories with me on my Go Girl podcast page. Um, it seems like it's it's kind of common what we go through. We just have to not tolerate disrespect. We have to have clear boundaries, okay? We got to hold ourselves accountable, right? We need better boundaries. We need to respect ourselves more. We need to love ourselves more, all right? You are resilient. We're going to get through this. Now, I'm going to bring in my guest. She has her own program called Safe Passage, and it's for women who are looking for resources where they are trying to or already have left when they are trying to leave a domestic violence relationship. We'll have some girl talk next. Well, I'm so excited in this girl talk uh, for today because this episode is really dear to me and um, uh, it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So I wanted to get an expert on the line from Safe Passage. I had the founder of Safe Passage on the line, Trish Steele, welcome to the show. Well, I'm delighted to be on your show, and this is a very special time for me to be talking with you. Okay, so we'll talk about, uh, first, what is domestic violence and the different types of abusive relationships? Well, domestic violence is different in three, I would say, three or four categories, we all think of domestic violence being something that is physical and um, and battered and uh, very um, emotionally um, just you know destroying the the out, outer part of the body. Correct. Um, and that's kind of like the one people kind of think about violence and and uh, you know just being raged and not having any self control, mm-hmm. but it's domestic violence actually is a inner emotion that takes place in the body that you've been hurt, you've been validated, you've been um, fear, you know, been uh, pushed and, and then having fear put on you and having somebody trying to manipulate, control, all of those things that cause a uh, like a emotional startup right. and a lot most about 50 percent of the people that i've come across have been emotionally abused yes. so bad that they end up in depression they end up in being feeling like committing suicide mm-hmm. they end up feeling like they're worthless and um they become uh under the hand of an abuser not knowing how to get out because of the fear that comes with that emotion. Yes. And that's the second one. And the third one I come across is financial abuse. And people that, um, especially among the elderly, well, they are being stripped of the savings of finances uh, or being manipulated and controlled with someone in taking of the funds that are not uh, right. Mm-hmm. And that leaves a lot of these elderly people in a situation where they uh, are not even able to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So um, these are type of things that people are, are going through. And then we do have the situations where some of these uh, domestic violence cause death. 
And half of the women murdered in the United States are murdered by an intimate partner. And when you have, and when it's an intimate partner, that means that puts the sign of not only you know there's been domestic violence going on mm-hmm. uh, before the murder takes place. Wow. So um, it is sad because one out of three women will be victims of physical domestic violence by somebody they know. Yeah. And it is a very um, worldwide um, statistics and it's something that happens in every country, mm-hmm. every culture, every race, uh, among every gender. It's it is um, it's very um, it's a very hard topic to talk about yeah. because it is so personal too. Yes, very very yeah. personal. Yeah. Um, like I was reading the statistics, and one says that. Each day, an average of three women die at the hands of someone who claimed to love them. Also, a a victim's risk of getting killed increases when they are in the process of leaving because a lot of people think, oh, why don't Mm -hmm. this person just get out and just leave? You know, just it's not easy at all. So explain to people um, why it's not easy to leave and and that statistic. Go ahead. I would love to. Then this is this is the, this is why it is uh, why domestic violence shelters and services like we provide for victims. It's very hard to get them help because the fact that they know that if they leave, the, the mate is going to come after them, right. and their mate already has threatened them to say, "I will kill you. I will destroy you." They've already said these things. They put so much fear in them that they figured, oh, if I leave, I'm going to die. What do, what do I do? I, and so, um, for an example, there was a, uh, a married couple in the Thousand Oaks area. Mm-hmm. Uh, domestic violence was taking place. She left. And she did get a divorce. She was able to fight it. And she got a divorce. A year later, She's working in the mall, and the ex-husband decides if he can't have her, nobody oh, can. Yeah. And he goes over there with a gun, and he takes the and she's right behind the counter where she works. He takes the gun, takes it to her face, and kills her instantly. My gosh! And then he takes himself, yep. and he sticks the gun to his head, and he lives. Wow. So these are kind of things, it is very dangerous afterwards. And this is why some women that have been badly abused and have um, partners that are very violent, Mm -hmm. they would have to move out of state and hide for a while. Mm -hmm. They cannot, um, when they decide to leave the abuser, they got to make a total different change in identity yeah because these type of abusers will find you and they will kill you well don't please don't say it like that um i get it though it it, yeah well my situation um 
I don't want to get emotional. I know. I know. <laughs> that's sad. And that just happened a year ago, a little bit a year ago. Yeah, a year and a I half know. ago. And, um, and I know. And, I, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to get men help because those type of men that any abuser will end up in a, in a you know, go to, go to jail. And they go for still some time. Mm-hmm. But in that prison, there are counselors nowadays uh, I don't know. I don't know about all of them, but there is one locally here in Selmar where they can get help for that. And so the thing about domestic violence is that you have to teach people, help people to break the cycle. Right. And the cycle includes the abuser. And the cycle also includes the children that are witnessing it. Mm-hmm. Because when the children are young and seeing their fathers treat their mother with all sorts of abuse, they become in the cycle too and end up meeting abusers and doing the same thing. Yep, absolutely. And they might grow up thinking that that type of love is okay. I've watched documentaries where some women, even if people are into music that are listening, Nicki Minaj, she even said, growing up she would see her parents fighting and she thought that was normal in a relationship and some people think that like oh if we're not fighting then Mm -hmm. he doesn't love me you know like as if love is supposed to hurt because that's what they witnessed that's what they know um so it does affect the children and it affects their relationships in the future i was going to say um yeah excuse me with my situation it was emotional abuse and Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't realize it while I was in it. it it's, it's weird. It's like you're trapped in a bubble. <laughs> and then as soon as yes, you're out is. of the bubble, it's like someone pops the bubble with a needle and you get out of it. Like, what the heck was that? I knew. Right. Right. You know, and, and it's, I've done a lot of journaling and writing and reflecting about it now. And I believe yeah. I'm still in the healing process. But just even right now when we're talking about it, it would bring up some some memories, you know. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't all bad, of course. You know, we had, mm-hmm. that's what they do. They'll have, you know, your good times and then you'll have your bad and then you'll think about the good times that you had. And Right, right, of course. I knew it got really bad. Um, like a few weeks before I left or I escaped, uh, when I started having suicidal thoughts. Mm. And this is like one of the first times I'm talking about that, but... When I started thinking, you know, it was like an outer body experience. It's like, this is not Mm -hmm. who I am. I was thinking bad thoughts. Something was going to happen to me or to him. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen, but the thoughts I was having, the, the things I was thinking were, it was just not healthy. So I knew at that time I have to get out of this. But, um, yeah. And then the day I called the the day I called the police, I just knew it was over. He came over unannounced one morning and was just, it turned from knocking to banging on my door to throwing rocks in my window to shaking a handle to try to get in my home. And I said, I can't, like, I called the cops. And from that day forward, I, we, you know, the cops came and he was gone. And, um, and um, after that, you know, I had an official, I, I called him with the cops there. They wanted me to call. They're like, well, just tell him it's over. I'm like, it's not that easy, but okay. So I called, said everything was over or whatever. And, um, 
you know, when I was able to talk, because it was just weird, Trish. Like, you know, he answered and it was like he was rehearsed. Like, I didn't threaten you. I didn't hit you. I, I didn't say any of these things. But it's like he right. already had his script. And so, um, so the cops saw, did an official breakup and I just blocked everything since then yeah. and have just been trying to, you know, still heal. I'm much better. Yeah, Shika, much better than I was. The time to heal. And, you know, yeah. since you're talking about that, um, I do want to say something before I share with you about the time to heal. But the warning signs for people that I that really need to know that just like your situation, you didn't know you, were, you there were warning signs being popped up in front of you until you got toward you know so many months or years or whatever it was you went through it. Then find you could feel it. You start to feel it. Right. But see, this is the warning sign: isolation from your family and friends. Yeah. Positive and jealous. Behave, possessive and jealous behavior mm-hmm. tries to control you, tries to control everything you do, and no respect for women. So those are warning signs for yeah. people. You see what I mean? Yeah. Isolation, yeah. possessiveness, jealousy, control, no respect. And that's the things that women need to realize when that starts to happen, if you don't put your foot down and put a stop to any of those that you're experiencing, then you're going to end up in a cycle. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So you have to put a, put your foot down right now. Because I've had, like I said, I've had a relationship where I, where I saw those signs and I put my foot down right then. And you know what it did? Boom. It kind of made the, the person realize Oh my God, I better get help. I didn't realize that I have this in me. You're right. And they end up getting help and then they end up saving their relationship. Got it. Yep. You see what but, I mean? But see, they it's have to want to get help. Down. And yes. they have to want yes. to get help. No, of course. Right. Of course. They have to come to realization. But without you saying something first, mm-hmm. how can they realize they're not doing it? Exactly. You see what I mean? I totally get yes. it. That's it's setting your boundaries. And I learned that now, yeah, setting you know, your boundaries. firm yes. boundaries, because, <laughs> yes. you know, you can right. say something and if you start letting it slide, yeah, then, it's, yeah. Y- you know, you're not, you're not being firm about it and they'll overstep the boundary more and more. And I knew that was over when, cause I sat him down was like, look, I do not like when you pop up at my house. Like it was very firm. We had a breakup for two weeks. It got crazy. We got back together. And so, we only lasted like six more weeks. And, but between that time I said, I do not like when you pop up, yada, yada. I was very firm about it. So when he did again, it's like, I can't do this. Like you're, it's just clear disrespect at that time, you know? And then there was a situation in the beginning where I got cursed out really bad by someone who claimed they love me and um, Mm -hmm. which I would never accept again. But I mentioned it to him at that time, like, this is not okay. So I remember a few weeks later he asked, you'd really break up with me for cursing at you like that? Like, yes, you know, so that didn't happen again. But it's like, we really have to set our boundary and put our foot down in the beginning. What are more um, signs, like when you're first dating? Because, you know, in the beginning, everything's all good. What are some of those signs that women should watch out for in the beginning? When you're first dating, what are the signs? Well, well, I feel that uh, some of the signs is when you get a where the person is so much into themselves or what they can do. Mm-hmm. That's a spirit of control. When they talk about, well, I can do this for you and I know how to do this and I know how to do that. I, 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 mm-hmm. that is a total 
self-control um, in in a way where they want to be not on they want to be in control of you too. They're right. so in control of themselves that they want to be in control of you too. You come into their life, you're going to be in that that control mode with them. What about moving too fast? Is that a sign or the the buying well, gifts in the beginning? Not really, not necessarily. Okay. It just depends on the character of the person. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some people, you know, some of them are match in heaven. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can meet that match in heaven. It doesn't take time to know it. Mm-hmm. You just, you just feel, you just sense it. You feel it. You know it. I mean, I have friends that, uh, you know, stories are amazing. You know, my husband and I first met, and we've been, we've been, we'll be married 31 years. Oh. And this was after the abuser that put me in the hospital. But um, when we first met, we were so in love and everything, but we had our issues because. There was a lot of stuff we had to go through our transformation and counseling before we can get married. But we knew mm-hmm. that we were we we were made for each other. We just had to deal with our past healing. Yeah. Oh, see, I had to deal with still deal with my healing from my past abuse that I went through as a young girl and the past abuse to my fiance that put me in the emergency hospital before I met wow. the man that I'm married to now. And he had to go through his healing from his uh, a very emotional family. Yeah. Um, and see, that was the good thing. You see what I mean? But we yeah. knew we were supposed to be married, but we can't get married until we're healed. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. This is like my new campaign that I'm doing called Time to Heal. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that the reason why they all of a sudden just blow up out of the blue or something happens that you're just like, whoa, where did that come from? It's because there's a time and a season for everything in your life. And some of the stuff comes from your childhood. And after years of suffocating it and hiding it in your emotions, Mm -hmm. it will pop up. Nobody can escape what trauma has implanted in you at a young age. Mm -hmm. It's all going to pop up sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we need to take that time to heal, yeah. you know, and, and that's what I was saying. Remember when, when we saw the Me Too movement coming out and then we saw the Time's Up last year. Remember yes. Time's Up when the, the Academy Awards and they said Time's Up and all. And you see all these beautiful women, you know, saying, you know, we're, we're putting our foot down, no more abuse, no more mm-hmm. control. And say, okay, well, you know what? what what happened when I was watching that? And, I, and I'm an advocate. I've been an advocate for 50 years for women, believe me, and children. I've been an advocate. But what I saw was, okay, I've heard your cries, all of you, since the Me Too movement and even a little bit before that. But what are you guys doing to heal right. from your past? You've got to heal. So you raise a couple million dollars right. for them to get attorney fees. Well, you know, when you go into court, you're going to be so emotionally messed up that you're not, you, you don't even know if you're going to be able to, to make it through your life after that. You're going to need healing. Right. So I thought to myself, that's why I started Time to Heal. I said, look, healing comes first before you can go out there and, and, and share your story. Yeah. Well, how can See, someone See, that's heal? what I did. I healed first, and then yeah. I could share my story, mm-hmm. and then I can get people involved with me and help me heal others and move on. 
But if I'm going out with anger and vengeance and want trying to make be be make a a, a statement that you know you wrong, and believe me, there are a lot of men that did a lot of wrong to women. Yes. I know, I know that. I was there. I, I I've been exposed to all of it. I was in Hollywood for 25 years. Okay, mm-hmm. so I understand that. But what? But the first thing I needed to do was to heal. So once I healed, then I was able to come across and say, hey, yeah, me too. It happened to me. Yeah. And you know what? And guess what I did? I, I moved on and I found tools to forgive and heal. And my life is so much better now than it ever could be. Yes. Well, how See, can... I don't have to carry those scars anymore. I can help somebody now. If you can't help yourself, folks, mm. and heal, how do you expect to help others? Right. Well, how can someone heal after abuse? They, it, takes, it takes special counseling. Yeah. They have, first of all, they have to admit that they need healing. Mm-hmm. They need help. That's the first step. They have to admit that. And then they have to find some, uh, the right counselor. Well, of course, uh, the, we have the hotline, you know, the, the uh, one seven nine nine. the word safe. That's for domestic violence, you know, for abuse and all that. But they have services other than shelters. You don't have to go into a shelter. You don't have to, you know, go uh, to, you know, somebody or talk to somebody that you know about your situation. What you need to do is just find a specialist. And you can always call Safe Passage. Safe Passage, we have the best counselors. We have people that can help you with people that suffer from mental illness, Mm-hmm. suffering from, from uh, a loss of a loved one, suffering from rejection, suffering from, you know, ab- abuse. You know, we know what it's going to take for that person to be whole. It's yeah. about letting these people start their life begin to become whole. Mm-hmm. And, but they have to first want to help themselves. Yeah, and absolutely. then we're here for them. We care. We're here for them. But they got to, they gotta, you know, take the first step. Yeah. You got to take the first step. Um, mm-hmm. Well, talk to me about Safe Passage. So you offer counseling, you offer different services, and how did Safe Passage right. come about? Tell me a little about your story and how you were able to uh, create Safe Passage. Okay. So as a young girl at the age of 10, my mother remarried. And um, the mother, uh, the man that she married was uh, child molester and abusive. And so that's what happened to me at the age of 10. And that went on for five years until she finally got a divorce. And she not, he not only did it to me, but to my sister, wow. uh, who's a year younger than me. And my, um, my brother, he was violent with him, my brother. Mm-hmm. And so we were all his stepkids, you know. So he, he, he obviously had no... Um, no emotion attached to us. He was, he didn't care for us. He, by his abuse was the way it was. Yeah. And then when my mother divorced him, I thought, okay, thank God I'm out of the cycle. I thought I was you know, out of there. He's, he's gone now. I can move on and go on my life. Mm-hmm. 10 years later, um, I meet this man and very successful businessman. He just, you know, charming, everything. And I noticed slowly but surely he started isolating me from my friends and family. Mm -hmm. He became very possessive, Mm -hmm. very jealous. 
He wanted full control of my life. And then he started disrespecting me and doing just ugly things in front of our guests and people we would go out with. Yep. Mm-hmm. So one night we were out. And when we were out, we were at some friend's house and we were sitting in a jacuzzi and having a glass of wine. And all of a sudden he took, he said something to me. And this was the first time I was able to say to him, no. You know, I was just letting things slide and pretending like, oh, he's just had a little too much to drink or he's just having a bad day, making excuses for him, you know. Mm -hmm. And this time I said the word no. Well, that word no came into the most violent hit to my face. I see him barring his fist and he chose to take a swing right at my face. I have a glass of wine in my hand. I prick my hand up to block his hand from hitting my face. But he ends up hitting the glass of wine, and the glass of wine hits and splits the, the, my forehead up above my eye, oh. open, and all this blood comes running out. Um, I was numb. It was like, okay, oh my gosh. So I got out, and there's witnesses right there, my friends, wow. right in front of our friends. I go to the bathroom, and I'm just washing off this blood and everything, and I took one look at myself in the mirror, and I said, I've been in this relationship like two and a half years. I said, get out now yeah. or she'll never going to make it. And I, and I said, and I looked at my friend and she's putting him to I said, I'm, I'm getting out. I'm going. And I grabbed my coat. I didn't even change clothes. You know, I had my baby suit on. I grabbed my coat, put it on, got in his car, drove back to my, his house. I was living, staying with him at the time. Went to my neighbors and I told my neighbors, can I stay with you tonight? Mm. Look what's going. I told him, look what's going on. What he did to me, and it was he was all open. The bleeding stopped, but it was still open. And my neighbor said, "Yes." He said, "But go to the hospital, get your get that get stitched up because it's all open." And I said, "Okay, I'll go to the hospital." And I went to the hospital in Marina Delray, and I walked in. It was like it was a scene from heaven. That's all I can say. I walked in. And the nurse takes me back to meet this doctor. And the doctor takes one look at me and says, don't worry about this. I'm going to fix it as if it never happened. And to today, to this day, mm-hmm. and that, and when he stitched me up and everything, he never sent me a bill. He did a pro bono. Wow. The hospital never sent me a bill. It was like I, it was like I was in a place in heaven, you know, or something. Yeah. And... There's no scar there. Wow. There's, there, there, he stitched me up as if it never happened. There's, nobody could never know that I was ever hit there. Wow. And it was an amazing journey. And when he said that to me, I felt love. I yeah. felt compassion from him. I felt something so wonderful that I've never felt from any man. And I realized, oh, my God, there are men out there that really care. Yes. That really care. That are not going to judge you by your looks, by who you are, or try to control you. I said, there's people that really care. Yeah. And I was on my journey just seeking God and looking, and God just did amazing things in my life and and my journey, my healing journey. Mm -hmm. And that's when I met my husband. And that's when I knew my husband. I told my husband my story. I mean, I was, he's my my boyfriend at the time, my story. And he knew that I was called. I said, I'm going to pay it forward now. 
Yeah. I want to pay it forward. I've been a beauty consultant for the entertainment industry for over 25 years at that time. And that's when I knew I said all the beauty techniques and all the connections I have, I'm going to get doctors and I'm going to get makeup. Artists, I'm going to get all these people mm-hmm. on my, come to my, come to my charity and help me to make these women feel good from the inside out. Yes. And that's what we do at St. Passing. The community comes together to help these women and children to heal. They give up their services, their time for free, pro bono plastic surgery, pro bono teeth, everything, wow. because they all have the passion to yeah. these women and children to be restored and be whole and to get their confidence back and to give pay, and then they pay it forward. The women and children that come out here, they end up paying it forward mm-hmm. and helping somebody else. See, it's a full cycle. You're you're making a better yes. cycle for everyone. A better cycle. Oh yes, yes. It's a victorious cycle that yes. I get them get them out of the victim mode into the victorious mode. Exactly. You don't. Yes, I always say that you can be the victim or the victor, but we are victors and yes. survivors. Yeah, yes. we're victors and survivors. Yes, yes. Uh, so. A couple questions with your story. Um, well, how long, because I know some people who have been in abusive relationships, they might feel like they don't want to date again, or when can they date? Or So when did you meet your husband after leaving your abusive situation with the man? My husband, when I met him, he was, he was, um, he was a typical, you know, a playboy, fun guy, everything. Mm-hmm. But what it took, like I said earlier, we both knew that we were, you know, a match. Right. But we had baggages that we were trying to bring into our relationship. Right, right. And we right. had to heal from that. Yes. So that's why I say, you know, um, the warning signs in the beginning, you know, you, you've got to, you get, you know, it's not good to put two people with, baggages into a relationship mm-hmm. unless you need to heal first and we did we broke up first and we went out we went on a little bit of healing journey and and within a month we were married because we finally surrendered everything mm-hmm. to god and everything to to knowing that we're not going to, to make our relationship a, another bad um yeah. uh, spot in our life you know, I wasn't for sure. They didn't want to do that. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. You had already been through enough. You're like, not again. What can mm-hmm. we do to move forward? Yes. So it's important to heal yourself and make sure your partner is healed mm-hmm. too before getting together. So it's two whole people, two people coming with 100% giving to each other. Um, with the situation in the jacuzzi, was that the first time that he put his hands on you? Oh, no, no, no. He would used to pick me up and shake me. He used to throw things at me in the beginning. When I was not, I'm not talking about my husband now. I'm talking about the field music. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So those were some of the things that would happen is that he, like I said, first he isolated me. Mm -hmm. He said he would, he would, he would convince me my friends were not good for me. Oh, yeah. Then he would convince me. That my family, they're crazy. Okay. Then yep. he convinced me that he's such a very successful businessman that I need to quit my job and just work with him and to show me how to make money. 
okay, become successful like him. And then he became jealous. Like anybody that looked at me, just even looked at me. Yeah. He would accuse me that I was floating and looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I mean? And then he started the bridge with the disrespect, disrespecting me in front of people, treating me as if I was nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And then after all that, that's when, when we get an argument, then he would put fear in me and say, if you leave, I'll destroy you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How harsh. Because um, it, it does start a lot of times emotionally. It's like they'll see what you can put up with or tolerate or something or see what they could get away with. And then right. it moves to physical. I knew, yeah. Right. Once, once I start feeling really unsafe, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what this man is going to do to me. That's when I said, okay, right. I have to go. And I was already in an isolated situation because I didn't live in my hometown anymore. I moved to work. So I didn't know any friends or family up there anyway. And so right. I was already kind of like in the perfect position because the main person I always hung out with was him. And right. The bottom line is, is that we all have so many mentors out there that we just need to take that step. Like if anybody's listening to this call now, right? I just want to say that the, I know the hardest step is to to come to realization that you need you need help. Okay. Because you you need just as much help as as the abuser, because you're allowing them to do this to you. You see what I mean? And you got to get and people need to get to a point where they say, okay, I, I got to call a number. And and even though it's like there's going to be fear that's going to come up to try and stop you from calling, but the best thing you could ever do if you make a call and you call the hotline number. The 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E, it's a national hotline number that can connect you up with any place in the United States and get you some help because we want to save lives here. We want to, now once we save the lives, then we can change the lives. Right. Okay. We got to save you from the cycle. The cycle is a death cycle. You're either going to die Physically, spiritually, or emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, spiritually, it was it, yeah. <laughs> it took you know a toll I mean? on me spiritually. Yeah, for sure. For yes. sure. Yes. For sure. This is amazing talking to you, and I have some people in my other room still waiting. They're still filming and doing things here, and I and I'm just so glad that you called me, and I was able to get, break away, yes. Ashley. Uh, I'm two weeks from, to this day, from my big gala over at the Four Seasons in Westlake. Okay. Uh, it was an amazing uh, event coming up with uh, honorees and people that are very influential in the uh, side, in, in the, how can I say, the peace and, and uh, world of bringing uh, health and wholeness to our community. Yes. And safety. Yes. The event is November 3rd, and it's at the Four Seasons Westlake, and you can go on my website, and you can, you can buy a ticket online if you like, and uh, we are, we're doing a $50 off a ticket right now for until next, this upcoming Wednesday, the 25th. The website is Safe Passage Hills, that's H-E-A-L-S. 
safepassagehills.org. Safepassagehills.org. Awesome. Well, thank you, Trish. Okay. Or for- you can call the number mm-hmm. here at the office, 818-232-7476. And if you can't make it to the event, you can always call and find out about upcoming events or counseling or resources that we have all over Southern California. Safepassageheals.org. Ladies, get on that website, see how they can help. If you've been in an abusive situation or you recently left one or you're in one right now, they can help. Trish, thank you so much. And go girl for helping uh, people just get their life back on track. You are so appreciated in the community. Thank you so much, Ashley. And you keep going, girl. You got, you're on the right track. Thank you. Now it is time for music motivation. motivation. If you notice that I'm different, don't take it personally. And it ain't bad. I found a brand new kind of free. And that ain't bad. I found a brand new kind of me. Ooh, I was so flat. I felt that in my spirit that I was flat. And I don't even know. I don't even know what note that was supposed to be. But that was Alicia Keys' song called Brand New Me from her 2012 album, Girl on Fire. I don't know. I was getting to a different part of me. So this song right here was on repeat so many times on a freeway. If I'm driving, I want to crank it up loud and let, you know, any tears roll down or, you know, because not tears over missing someone or something. I was more, a lot of times I was angry at myself, you know, and I feel like the last person you forgive is yourself. And we'll talk about that one day. We'll talk about forgiveness one day, but that was hard for me. It was I was mad at things that I put up with and mad at things that uh, I didn't speak up about, right? So listening to this Alicia Keys song, it was pretty much saying, you know, kind of in the beginning, you're, you're getting timid. You're not speaking up when you want, but throughout the song and even in the video, she has on a wig and she just takes it off. It's like she's stripping herself down to the real her and the new her after leaving a certain relationship that just didn't work anymore. And that the person you see is the brand new kind of me. Because you don't know this person, right? Your ex might not know the woman who is now stronger and wiser, who now speaks up, who can now say no and let that be that, right? Like you are a brand new person. There's even a meme that goes around that I put up on the Go Girl podcast page. It says, you don't know this new me. I put back my pieces differently, right? You're just an evolved woman. Girl, you're a woman. <laughs> I remember some people told me that after. Like, dang, like, you get a different look about you, I guess, when you go through stuff. Like, you toughen up a little bit. You become more of a woman who can't be messed with, you know? So, and that's okay. You know, I still have my beautiful, positive spirit. It hasn't hardened me. It's just now I know more things to look out for moving forward. So the song, Brand New Me. I read some of the comments under the YouTube video for this song and so many people were saying, man, I just got out of a toxic relationship and this helped me so much. It's really a process. You're gonna release, you're gonna let go and then you move on, you move move forward as this brand new woman. You are a brand new woman. You are a brand new woman or the same woman but with better brand new qualities that you didn't know that you even had. I'm still working on being a little more assertive. 
so that I could speak up more when it comes to work and business relationships. So I could speak up more in personal relationships. I'm still working on that. That was one of my big things in the relationship. I I didn't know how to speak up when I needed to, or I did, but you know, you didn't want to argue or anything over something so small. So instead you just learn to be quiet. And I feel like I've been quiet so many times, but not anymore or not anymore or <laughs> not anymore. Brand new me. Make sure you take a listen to that song. All right. Now it is time to celebrate. Time to give a huge go girl shout out to Queen Latifah for receiving the W.E.B. Du Bois Medal from Harvard University for her contributions to black history and culture. You go girl. You go girl. Now, you know, she is all about women empowerment. Okay. She ain't playing. She came out the gate with ladies first. She had her song, You and I T Y. You know, who you calling a bitch? You and I T Y. Right? Like, she's been all about it. So props to her because we need to stand up for ourselves like that. Like, who are you calling? this name and you know putting on for our culture and putting on and speaking up for other women who are going through things that we have gone through or you know just helping other ladies learn more about self-respect and self-love so Queen Latifah she's always carried herself very well she's always spoken out about injustices and just issues with inequality with women with you know, demanding respect from men in the industry or in her song. She's talking about walking down the street and and a man trying to holler. She don't want to holler back. And then he call her out her name. Like we've gone through that before. And that's not cool. That is abusive behavior. So shout out to her for speaking up, saying something. And now she is being acknowledged for it. Harvard University is dope. Also shout out to her for playing Ursula in Little Mermaid. This girl, what can, what does she not do? She's an actress, cover girl. She did plays, you know, the Chicago play. She did, uh, you know, Set It Off. Hello. Who was it? Cleo. <laughs> she was Cleo and Set It Off. She's, you know, living single. Man, when you think about it, she's done a lot. You know, musically, acting, standing up, philanthropy. It's been a lot. So Queen Latifah deserves it all. You go girl. Man, respect to her. And I'm glad that she's getting her roses while she is here. All right. Now that's my time. I did interview another guest about domestic violence. I know it's not going to be to honor that month anymore. And I will have that episode drop next week with more red flags and how to leave these type of relationships. Okay. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Drop a review. If anything resonates with you, please be sure to tag the Go Girl podcast page and let me know. If you need to open up and share a little more of your story, I am always open to listen. So slide in my DMs, girls, okay? If you want to share some of your story about domestic violence. Also, there is the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. If you are not feeling safe, please call that number so that you are directed to resources that work for you. All right? Be sure to share this episode with a friend. Subscribe on ashleycaprice.com to catch up on all the episodes. Also on SoundCloud, iTunes. I so appreciate you for listening. I'll be back next week. But until then, remember, I am resilient. You go, girl.